What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Everybody, I'm just going to tell you, we have two other shows. Make sure you check them out. Speaking of Murders and Unsolved Mayhem. And we're going to hop right in. Sarah's going to be telling us our story today. Is this also a vintage case? It is. If you listened to uh, Speaking of Murder, it is after Kurt Cobain. <laughs> oh, so, po- okay, so it's, not vintage. It's a, it's not vintage. It's a post Cobain case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, and it also is a Missouri case. Oh. No oh boy, those are always doozies. I decided to start us out in, you know, where we live, Missouri, in Missouri, Missouri. I don't get it. I've never gotten it. Missouri. Why do people from Missouri pronounce their own state wrong? Um, we live here. We pronounce it right. You're pronouncing it wrong. Well, I was born here. It's Missouri. It is. It's literally <laughs> not, though. But it is. There's no A in it anywhere. Missouri people do pronounce things weird. Yeah. Our story today is about a girl named Phoenix Lucille Colden. She was... Born in California as Phoenix Reeves, Lucille Reeves, on May 23rd, 1988. Her mother, Gold- Goldia, was a single mom when she met and married a man named Lawrence Colden. The family moved to Spanish Lake, Missouri. Okay. They moved there because of Lawrence's job. And once they moved to Missouri... Lawrence, like, officially adopted Phoenix. Okay. So that would give her two birth certificates, essentially, because that's what happens when you're adopted later on in life. You get a new birth certificate new with birth the adopted father on there. Right. Okay. And that's only relevant because some people claim she found this out later on in life, that she was adopted by him, because... I'm pretty sure she was like a baby toddler age when he adopted her. Okay. Okay. Her parents were very protective of her. She led a very sheltered life, especially after her mom took her out of school in the sixth grade to homeschool her. They were also a very religious family, going to church like every Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. They wanted to protect their daughter. Her mother even, like, regulated who Phoenix was friends with. And if she didn't like this person, then Phoenix could only hang out with them on their front porch. Like, she wouldn't be able to just go Go hang out at their house. house. Her mother would say it was her main job in life 
to protect her child. That's what she was here for, is to protect her and make sure she grew up to be a good person. When Phoenix became an adult, she wanted independence. Understandable. Mm -hmm. And started to keep most of her life a secret from her parents, which tends to happen. Because she felt they wouldn't approve of her life choices, she just decided, I'm going to keep everything I do a secret. At the age of 18, she moved out of their house into an apartment that was close to the University of Missouri, where she was going to school. Her parents were helping her pay for it, but they believed she was staying there with a friend. But she was not. She was living there with her boyfriend, who... I mean... She's 18. Friend is in the name. <laughs> it is this in the is name. true. You are correct. And she's 18. The only thing I can argue is they were paying her part of the rent. Right. Right. Now, he's only ever referred to as Michael B. in anything. They don't actually give his last name. They, the two had been dating secretly for four years when what happens happens. Okay. Four years is a long time. Months before she went missing, her parents asked Phoenix to move back in with them because they could not afford her part of the rent anymore. So she did. She didn't really want to, but she did. On December 18th, 2011, it started as a typical day. Phoenix went to church with her mom, but she sat two rows back from her in the church. Her mom didn't really know why, but said she had been like inching close, like further and further away from her when they went to church. While her mom mingled after the service, Phoenix waited in the car, telling her mom not to take too long. On their way home, they stopped at the grocery store and then went home. And at the time, they were using Phoenix's 1998 black chevy blazer because her parents car was in the shop okay. so phoenix was had been like giving them rides places at home phoenix changed out of her church clothes into sweats and went out into the driveway to play basketball which i was like this must be one of those weird times where the weather was really nice in missouri in december yeah like right, like right like now, right now. Yeah. where it's like it in the 70 yesterday 50s yeah. and 60s yeah so she played basketball for a little bit. Then she sat in her blazer to make some phone calls. It's like later said she called Michael B. like three different times. Once they talked over an hour. Well, like an hour and a half. And then the other two times were like quick phone calls. One was like five minutes and the other was only like two minutes. Her parents said this was not unusual for her to go out to her car and talk on the phone because she wanted privacy. I mean, well, I mean, they didn't know about the boyfriend, so. Right. Her dad said he saw her drive away at around 2.20 p.m. She did not tell them where she was going or even say goodbye. At first, they thought she was just running to a store, but she never came home. Goldia called the St. Louis County Police to report Phoenix missing, but since she was 23 years old at this time... She was told that her daughter did not have to come home because she was an adult. Now, 
her mom didn't take this lying down and called back and talked to someone else. And they did end up filing a missing persons report the next day because pretty much don't listen to police. If the first person you talk to doesn't cooperate with you, you can report anyone missing at any time. If you feel they're in danger or whatever, or if it's out of their character. Right. Pretty much her mom was like, no, she knows I hate it when she's not home by one o'clock without letting us know what's going on. She's not answering her phone, blah, 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 blah. So they filed the missing persons report. It's all logical. What the Colden family did not know is that Phoenix's blazer was found in East St. Louis, Illinois, parked in the middle of the road at an intersection at 9th and St. Clair, near, like, the on-ramp to Highway 70. Oh, damn. That's not good. The doors were closed, and the keys were not in the car. So it was like she had gotten out and walked. So for those not in the know, East St. Louis isn't exactly the nicest part of town. No. It's a very crime-ridden, scary place to be. This happened at 6.23 p.m. the day she went missing. So just hours after she left her parents' house, her car was found in East St. Louis. It was a 25-minute drive from her house. Mm. When the car was found, it was impounded by the officer and marked as abandoned in the police database. So when her mom had called St. Louis County Police, they said they would run her plate to see if her car had been stolen. So nothing came up because the car wasn't marked as stolen. It was marked as abandoned. Right. At no point did the East St. Louis Police run these plates to try to find the owner. If they would have, they would have known the car was registered to her mom. And so they would have been like, hey, your car was abandoned. It's in this impound lot in East St. Louis. Yeah. But they didn't do that. So her parents had no idea that her car had even been found until the beginning of January of 2012 when one of her friends saw it in the impound lot. Oh, my god! Driving by. This reminds me of Linda Sherman's case, where they just set the skull on a filing cabinet and walked away. Well, you have to say, you have to remember, yes, it's called East St. Louis, but that is in Illinois. And so, even though St. Louis County Police and East St. Louis are literally right next door to each other, they still don't communicate. Because it's two different states that you're dealing with here. Which sucks for Phoenix. Like I said, if they had run that plate, they Goldia and Lawrence would have found out that her car was found the same day she went missing. Hours after she left their house. Also, when her car was impounded, the officer did not fill out an inventory sheet. Because he said there was nothing in the car worth note. But her family said that was completely not true because when they got the car back, her glasses were in there, her purse, her driver's license, and her shoes were all in the car. I mean, all of that sounds like pretty important shit. Right. It sounds like they didn't even look. Well, he was viewing it as 
somebody just abandoned their car. But why would you leave your purse and driver's license and, and shoes. shoes behind? Right. And just park your car in the middle of the road and walk off. Right. Yeah. It was all, to me the way it's described. It was like it. She was getting onto. She was like about to turn onto one seventy to get on to not one seventy to seventy, and something happened to her right there before she could get on the highway. The, her family also said the car was in like complete disarray, which her mom would know because she had been in it earlier that day. Yeah. Going yeah. to church in the grocery store. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It took St. Louis County a couple more weeks before they searched the car. Their report showed they found no other DNA in the car besides Phoenix and her parents. They found no fingerprints, no hair, no nothing that belonged to anyone else except those three people. Hmm. Which I think is a little weird. Did she like never have a friend in her car or anything? Her boyfriend. Yeah, that's weird to me. Even with the missteps between the police departments, her parents still had to complain to the mayor's office to get the impound bill waived, which was like $1,000 by that point because it had been in there since the middle of December and they didn't get it until the beginning of January. Right. And they charge you like by the day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't their fault. They didn't know the car was there. No one even tried to contact them. Police talked to Phoenix's friends and found out that she was not just hiding a secret boyfriend. She also had a secret cell phone that was not connected to her parents' phone plan. Her friends thought she used it to talk to Michael B., but when police were looking at her phone records for both phones... She only ever talked to him on the cell phone that she had through her parents. The burner phone, like they called it. Right. It, she was talking to a completely different guy whose name was also Michael. He worked in a phone store. Oh. So that's why people thought maybe he got her the phone and they were having like some kind of secret relationship after right. that. Mm-hmm. This Michael was known to have a violent past and had a restraining order against him from an ex-girlfriend. Now, Ooh. when they talked to Michael B., he was very cooperative, like, gave them any information they wanted, and police pretty much said they don't think he is involved at all. But this other Michael, when they tried to talk to him, he pretty much lawyered up. Interesting. So they yeah. haven't really been able to speak to him because his lawyer won't let him say anything. And his uh, this ex-girlfriend that had a restraining order against him, she they like interviewed her on an oxygen special about this right. disappearance yeah. and she said that he told her he knew Phoenix was dead, but hmm. 
it's you don't like it's one of those things like is she just saying that because she's mad at him because of things that have happened between them or is she really telling the truth and the police can't talk to him right Right. and they have no proof to like bring him in part of the issue i take with that is the restraining order was in place before phoenix went missing how would, is she talking to yeah him? how is she talking to this guy for the same reason most people most abused women still talk to people they have a restraining order against it happens yeah i guess police also found out from her friends that in the weeks leading up to her disappearance she was irritable down and acting paranoid they said she was also not getting along with her parents, but her mom has like completely denied that and said that that is not true, that they were getting along fine, and that at one point Phoenix even almost told her what was going on with her, but didn't actually say it. There might be two different stories. I mean, there's going to be two different stories right. there because she's going to act differently with her parents and then go to her friends and, and say, say how she really feels. Yeah. Uh, my mom today, my dad today, even though to her parents everything was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. she they, still could have been annoyed. Yeah, like they might not be actually fighting, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't problems there. Right. Phoenix was, supp- she was a junior at UMSL. At the time of her disappearance, but another secret that came out when police were investigating this is that she had not enrolled in the fall session like her parents thought she had. And nobody really knows what she was doing during the day when she was supposed to be in class. Hmm. Interesting. They believed, you know, that she was still enrolled and everything was fine and that she was going to class every day. But she was not enrolled. She did not enroll after the summer. So that's like August, September, October. Secret, secret boyfriend? I guess. Maybe. A month before she went missing, she made a video on her phone, which her friend said was something she didn't do. In it, the like small clip that's been released, she said, I just want to be happy, man. I can't remember a time when I was happy, genuinely happy. I feel so stupid because I let myself go a little bit. I probably would have been in a better situation if I would have stuck with how it used to be. Maybe before she met Michael number two. Or maybe like when she was doing what her parents wanted her to do. Before all the secrets. Yeah, and wasn't having to keep all these secrets. Yeah, because that shit catches up to you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it gets old real quick. Oh, yeah. No one is really sure what this video meant. And like I said, they interviewed Michael B., and they don't believe he's involved at all. But they're still being very tight-lipped about this case as far as is there any evidence to prove anything. The Coldens have never stopped looking for their daughter. Her father, Lawrence, has been the head of many searches in the area where her SUV was found. They search abandoned buildings, warehouses, abandoned houses all over East St. Louis. Her mom said she just can't bring herself to go on these searches because she doesn't want to find her daughter 
in one of those places. Right. This family has went bankrupt and lost their house following leads on their own and hiring private investigators to try to find their daughter. Wow. And they lost their house due to a false lead that the guy later said he completely made up. Oh, my God. Because he, they got a tip from this guy that he had seen Phoenix in Texas, like, not in a good situation. And they hired a private investigator to go try to f- see if she was legit in Texas. And they used their mortgage to do this. And then he later is like, I was lying. I just wanted to get 15 minutes of fame and they lost their house. That is sue so somebody for up. that? I would I think actually, so. no. That's not, not illegal to give false information? The cops said there was nothing they could do. I don't, well, at least St. Louis County said there was nothing they could do. I mean, I would look into that. I'm going to look into that further. Because that sounds like falsifying information, which isn't that illegal. Right. I think it depends on the context in which they're like, falsifying information. Right, and I don't think he was flat out saying it definitely was her. He was saying, I think I saw her, which is is the loophole. Fucking garbage. In that. Yeah, it's the loophole in that situation. Because one of her friends, like three years after she went missing, claimed to see Phoenix on a plane coming back from Vegas. She said she was with these other women and they were dressed like really fancy and they were hanging out with two guys who kind of looked like football players almost. And when she like called out to Phoenix, if it was her, when she called out to the girl, the girl turned around and looked at her, but was like, I'm not who you're talking, who you think I am. Do I look familiar to you and the girl was like yeah you look just like my friend phoenix who went missing three years ago and the girl just like stopped the conversation and avoided her the rest of the time on the plane and so she reported it when she got off the plane to police but they could never find this girl Hmm. it was like she disappeared yeah investigators have not been able to confirm any sightings of her her mother does not believe that Phoenix left on her own. She believes foul play was involved. The number one theory is she was abducted into sex trafficking because the FBI has stated that St. Louis is in the top 20 trafficking destinations in the country because of highways 70 and 44. Because 70 goes a long way. Highway 70 is a big highway for sex trafficking. And her family kind of leans towards this. Like, it's almost innuendo. They say, like, maybe this other guy kind of lured her into it because that's typically what happens. Right. And then they had her come to East St. Louis, and it's right by the highway. Her family has visited exotic dance clubs in East St. Louis. They Which are in an abundance. Yes. They have talked to as many sex workers in East St. Louis as they can possibly talk to to see if anyone 
has seen her or if she's being forced into that situation. But typically, they wouldn't have kept her in Missouri. No. No. Especially not anywhere close, like, nearby. No. No. And as far as is being said by the St. Louis County Police, I don't know if it is true or if they're just still, like, keeping it hush, no new leads have been revealed in this case. Phoenix, when she disappeared, was five foot six, 125 pounds, with reddish brown hair and pierced ears. She was last seen wearing gray sweatpants with the word umsel printed vertically down one leg, a dark hoodie, and tennis shoes. Her case has not gotten a lot of attention over the years because she is a black woman missing from St. Louis, which sucks. If you have any information on Phoenix's disappearance, please call the St. Louis County Police Department. The number is 314-889-2341. And I just thought I would leave you with a quote from her mom about her. She said, She's very responsible, very sweet, very athletic, and very intelligent. Phoenix is a regional fencing champion. She plays piano and is in the handbell choir at church. And then she said, Phoenix is very loved. It's really sweet. So help this family find their daughter. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to add something to this that I don't think that we say quite enough in missing persons. You can call anonymously. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can be completely anonymous. All right. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you let us know. Leave us five stars. Leave a review, subscribe, hit the bell. Um, all that said, we will see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.